I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Just starting straight in with a laugh. No one knows the context, but I don't even care. I know. Um, okay, so for random context, um, when you're recording on our new system, which is called Riverside, mm-hmm. it like counts down from five. And both times we've recorded on this system now, I felt like Freddie from iCarly being like, in five, four, three, <laughs> two, dun, 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 dun. you know the theme song? <laughs> wait! Oh, I was going to say, we should have a theme song. And then I was like, wait, we do have a theme song. We do. It's Kevin. <laughs> no, not Kevin. It's the royal. It's the, it's the, it's the, I bought the license to the entertainer performed by Wait, did you guy. seriously? Isn't it, wasn't it copyright expired? Yes, but so then the person who plays the piano and records it gets the copyright. That's wild. So, like... How much um, money did you pay? I had no idea. Oh, it was only like $30. To use... It's like you can use it with credit, but I was like, I don't know. This was like two and a half years ago. I don't know if I can be bothered to remember to put the credit thingy in, like, the bibliography in every single episode we record underneath. That's so, so um I decided to just pay he the says, as if he doesn't do an and then you can do it detailed bibliography every single episode. Yeah, but if I forget, <laughs> if I forget random shit now, I'm not going to get sued for forgetting shit. If I if I if we were used his recording without his permission, uh, without the bibliography uh, written thing, and then he sued us, well, then that's that true. Money, that would be more you than thirty dollars. You would be paying that. <laughs> no, that's, um, that's, that's Anyway, cool. welcome to What the Fuck is what Happening fuck is Podcast. Happening? Yeah. <laughs> I'm Nick. I'm Maddie. Oh my and god, I love that. I'm just as like one of the elephants in the room. Nicholas also has one, but I'm eating my lunch. I'm sorry. I was going to say, there's two elephants in the room and their names yeah. are Nick and Maddie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Accurate. <laughs> We're both no. just living our lives live on the pod. <laughs> She's eating. Yes. I I'll try and be quiet. Um I sound stuffy and I'm going to be sneezing 10 times this entire episode. But um it's because you can eat on the camera. I don't care if we have some ASMR. I'm not. Um That's <laughs> so how we generate I, money with me eating. <laughs> oh my god. Whenever the seasons start to change, I have to take uh, allergy medication every single day because mm. I have fucked up allergies and shit. Mm. Um and I ran out 2 days ago. No! Yeah, so as soon as we finish recording this, I'm going to buy some from the chemist. Um, Dude, that's devastating. But it's complete. It's just re- wreaking havoc on my, um, on my, what's the word? Respiratory system. Do you have asthma? I do, but I've not had an asthma attack since I was little, so I don't think uh, medically I count as an asthma patient anymore. Interesting. Well, I just read a blog article for somebody about hay fever and asthma, and it's bad. So just so you know, be aware. Well, I have a really bad um, allergy to dust mites. Mm. Well, this so, one specifically was about pollen, but same thing, right? Yeah. Well, so so when I was like, I think um, maybe like 11 or 12, um, I had really bad like... Um, Coughing and sneezing and, like, clogged eyes. And I would constantly be, like, having to, like, like ticks and stuff. Yeah, oof. Um, so I had to get the allergy testing done. Um, and the thing I was, like, wildly allergic to was dust mites. Which is, like... Unfortunate. Everywhere. Everywhere. <laughs> um, so I had to get the... Do the desensitizing process to dust mites. Interesting. Which was essentially for three years... Uh, once a month, I had to get a a needle injecting me with dust mite allergy stuff. Three years. Um, well, no, for one year, it was a month, every month, once a month. For two years, it was once a fortnight. Oh, my God. Yeah. What the fuck? So that's when people say, like, when I go to get blood taken or something for the doctors, 
I'm like, it's fine. You can be rough. I'm used to needles. But I, yeah. then I always remember that sounds like really bad. <laughs> <laughs> and I have to be like, not because of bad reasons, because I was, I had the needles every day for like desensitizing them stuff. That's I'm not. Wow. No other That's reason, so I crazy. swear. I once knew a person who gave, who donated blood so regularly that um, she often, like doctors often mistook her for like a heroin addict because she had so <gasps> many track marks on her arms. Yeah. Which is crazy. Yeah. I feel like maybe, maybe, I like that's a good thing to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But maybe that's maybe too much. Too much of maybe. a good thing, perhaps. <laughs> you know? I mean, one could definitely make the argument, yes. I'm the one making that argument and I'm saying it's too <laughs> much. <laughs> well, uh, you won't think that if you ever need blood. You'll be like, wow. That bitch saved my life. <laughs> yeah, but she has to deal with doctors thinking she's a hardcore drug addict. That's pretty crazy. It's pretty crazy. Anyway, anyway, this week we are on a time crunch. We are, as always. <laughs> as always. Um, and... Oh, for anyone who was interested, by the way, Harry was amazing. Oh, yeah. That's I what our time crunch was last I forgot. Week. Or you were going to, like, maybe record, like, a little video in the car or something to, like, oh, unpack it. Oh, that's right. No, we were too overwhelmed. But we completely forgot. Yeah, we were completely overwhelmed. Because we got out of the... out of the. If, the, if there's a little bit of reverb of my voice when I speak too loud, that's Maddie's fault, not my fault. It is my fault. I'm sorry. I've got um, no The... Uh, we got out of the concert, and it was incredible. And we were on a high, mm. and it was amazing. Yeah. But then we had to... If you listened to last week's episode, you know that we predicted... We were going to have a hard time with the transport. Mm-hmm. We were correct. We were. When but... we got there. No, you go. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that was so dramatic on both of our parts. It was. We both were like, this bitch. <laughs> Literally couldn't tell which of us was more offended to be talked over. Um, we, when we arrived, we actually, we arrived and the car parks were full. The um, public car parks that they said don't worry we're not going to run out of parking you can come park here and then catch the bus in and or the Mm. shuttle in um so we did that they did run out of parking they did uh and we had to park on the street but it wasn't too bad it was like a no it wasn't too bad we got one pretty quickly um so we were still lucky yeah we were quite lucky yeah Yeah. but on the way out after the concert which was fucking incredible Mm. life-changing we saw him what what was it five years ago for his um we did. 2018 his first album tour yeah um oh, and he wow. was incredible then but this time he was even more incredible we 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 he was even more incredible this time i guess obviously you know practice makes perfect and he's he's been able to hone the craft of live performance but um yeah he's just so like charismatic and everything on stage that it's just he was engaging <laughs> He's he's both like a really incredible performer and he was singing live the whole time, which you kind of, which you knew because he often was like laughing or if he tripped, like you could tell that he didn't sing the full sentence or whatever. So like you knew he was singing live the whole time. Wow. Go off. Absolutely calling him out. No, I'm, not, I'm actually applauding him. You're a fake <laughs> applauding him. Now you're referencing Lady Gaga when we're talking about Harry Styles. Oh my god! Wow, you go too far. Fake man. <laughs> do you, do anyway, I do I look like a giant with my little cup? You do. Um. Anyway, so not only was he incredible at actually performing, but as Nick said, he also was really engaged with the audience, which I think is really interesting because you don't see. I don't. I wouldn't say that it's like a. And ironically, way. I think a lot of the audience would want to be engaged to Harry Styles. <laughs> You're correct. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I don't think it's like a unique way of performing because I think it used to happen a lot where the singer would engage with the audience. But I don't know yeah. about like what the concerts that we've seen recently. Like if we think about Ariana and Taylor, it's like there is absolutely no point in the show in which they deviate at all from like the choreographed moves. You know, like there's not. Yeah. The scripted speeches, they're not looking at signs, they're not engaging with anything that's thrown on stage, which is fine. Like, I'm not saying it's a bad thing, it's just a different way of doing it. I'm going to um, sick like their Harry fans was on you. A different way. Sorry? I'm going to sick the Arianators and, and, and what are the Taylor Swift fans called? Swifties. Swifties. I don't know how that slipped my mind. <laughs> I know, right? Um, <laughs> interesting. 
I it's neither one is right or wrong. It's just it was just different. It was engaging. It was fun. I think maybe it has a lot to do with um the fact that Harry's music is a lot more like soft rock. Yeah, I would probably agree with that. So they don't have to like keep up that energy yeah, specifically. That's fair. Um yeah. like with Taylor Swift, I think I'm specifically talking about she um there's a reason that it's also choreographed and stuff is because it's so intense and extra and dramatic that it Very forms true. this like a crazy piece of art. I don't know. It's crazy. No, absolutely, you're right. I'm always right. You don't have to tell me that. It's an actual, like, it's almost like a production, like a show, like a theatre show yeah. in a way, whereas Harry was like a... Because it's like classic pop. It's not... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I don't know if I'm... No, it's true. Anyway. Um, so, yes, he was amazing. And um, after the concert, we had to catch the bus, the shuttle back to the car. And... We did. We had to wait a full hour in line for the shuttle. The shuttle mm. took 10 minutes, so, like, actually being on the shuttle wasn't too bad. Yeah. But the way we forced ourselves onto that that shuttle. We seriously did. And you know what? Even though we waited an, almost more than an hour, um, mm. we were actually really lucky because I don't know if you saw any TikToks of people talking about the show the day after, but so many people were saying I was waiting three or four hours for a bus. So we were, we ended up being lucky. Like we were in like the first kind of group of people. Yeah. Well, we kind of beelined for the, for the line. I think the issue is. We like left basically immediately. We were at the end of an aisle. And as soon as like Harry left the stage after the encore, we were like, okay, go. (laughs) Yeah. And this is going to be like so irrelevant to anyone listening, but like, um, the shuttles were going to like two main areas mm. mm-hmm. so there was two main lineups one of them was broad beach and one of them was the parking station thing yeah um essentially the full hour following the concert all of the buses went to broad beach meaning mm-hmm. that line was going fast and everyone was getting on and it was going quickly it was. literally we had one bus we right did. at the beginning and yeah. then there was a full hour yeah until the next one, which is the one we got on. We got on the third one, which came straight after the second one. That's really true. How wild is that, just organizational-wise? I totally agree. And the other thing is, is that I did actually see on the news that I was wrong and you were right, in that they filled the the standing capacity massively. So there was 49,000 people there, which is um, 20,000 more than what there usually would be for a football game. So no wonder that they were, like, so (laughs) underprepared. I think you should give up and just admit defeat whenever we have an argument because I'm always right. I'm not going to say you're always right, but I would say like a solid 90 to 95% of the time you're right. I can't believe you're admitting to that. I'm going to screen record that and I'm going to keep that for whenever we have an argument. (laughs) Well, I didn't say 100%, so sometimes I'll still be correct, but... (laughs) Just very, very rarely. You're all going to correct a lot. (laughs) Um, Anyway, this week we kind of... um, Oh, yeah, right. There's not a huge amount of, like, pop culture news, I don't think. Nothing that really stuck out to me, anyway. I don't know about you. Do you have anything? Mm, not really. It's still all just this stupid Haley and Selena and Justin drama. Um, I... Which is just unhinged, and we just do not need to talk about it, because it's so... Dumb. So dumb. I really thought at this point more people were going to realise that talking about Haley and Selena was silly and that they should move their attentions onto Justin. <laughs> but, right? But no one has. So I was, I'm kind of like, oh, that's unfortunate. You need to like get to the root of the actual problem. And the right? actual problem is not those two. Mm-mm, definitely not. What, you know the movie um, John Tucker Must Die? Yeah. It's like that. It is like that. It's like that. Um, no. So the biggest thing that kind of happened this week, pop culture wise, was that um, Chris Rock had his groundbreaking live Netflix live stream special thing. Um, Yes. And apparently it was like... Did you watch it? No, I don't give a fuck. I I watched a couple of clips. I read an article that did a really thorough, like, um, like, talked about the the final part of the segment. Yeah, well, okay, so yeah, it was like, apparently the whole thing as a whole was like, actually relatively, like, weak slash middling for one of mm. his stand-up shows. Um, and then the last 10 minutes, he went on this massive 
My reverb is back and I don't know why, because it was gone for so long. Can you talk and then maybe it'll go away? Anyway. Hello, testing. <laughs> anyway, so he did this thing, this like whelming, not underwhelming or overwhelming, just whelming stand-up mm-hmm. special. And in the last 10 minutes, he went on a rant, um, unleashing, I guess, um, all of his frustrations from the past year since uh, he got slapped by Will Smith at the Oscars. Yes. Um, I... Yeah. Well, no, I was just going to say, but personally, I I think it was kind of out of pocket to go um, this hard on the topic a year later. I totally agree. I'm trying to find the article that I read because it was actually, uh, it was kind of unhinged and he said a lot of stuff, specifically about Jada, that I was like... No, this is appropriate. <laughs> it was so two thousands, like demeaning. It wasn't even humor. The people weren't laughing. Yeah. And I saw someone tweet, um, and they were like, "The point of stand up isn't to get people clapping in agreement. It's to get people. It's to get people laughing in enjoyment." That's um, so true. And I, t- I don't. I, I tie this back just by saying, I didn't see a lot of people laughing in the last ten minutes. Of the special. Well, I mean, I, I think one of the things that really stood out to me, I've just found an article, which is what reminded me that I was like a little bit feeling weird about what Chris Rock said. Was It was specifically, he kind of was almost um, implying that, that because of um, Will Smith and Jada Pinkett Smith's open relationship, mm-hmm. Will Smith had been emasculated um and because of that that was why he felt like he had to like do something very manly yeah such as go up on stage and and punch chris rock and i was like there are a lot of layers there that i really quite disagree with like yeah i don't think i don't Oh, man, I don't know. I just don't really think it's his place to make any sort of speculation on their relationship, um, why it's open, whether or not that's a good or bad thing, whether that has anything to do with Will Smith as a man. Mm. Um, like, I, I don't know. I don't know. It just felt it felt off to me. No, I agree. Um, it felt very that, and it felt very um, early 2000s, late 90s takedown humor well which is almost funnily enough what the original joke was that made will smith get so mad at him right it was misogynistic yes yeah and actually a personal attack on her appearance yeah yeah so i don't know i might end up cutting most of this conversation because we're just retreading stuff that everyone else has said that's fair um but the reason i'm talking about this is so that we can transition into our topic that we were going to talk about. Yes. Which is... Um, awards moments that made us gag, but also cringe, but also kind of the ethics of awards ceremonies. I don't know. We might... We think we have a lot to say. We might not have a lot to say, but I have a few awards moments that always stick out to me as iconic. Fair. Very fair. So I thought we'd go through them quickly. Okay, cool. And then kind of unpack that. See what happens. <laughs> Does that make sense? Love it. Um, okay, let's share. Um, I want to start with some silly ones. I'm not going to replay the slap because I simply don't care. <laughs> but this was just at the Grammys not long ago. Um, can you see that? I can. Okay, stunning. So this was at the Grammys not long ago. Um, some guy was announcing the award for... As um, in the Grammys that just happened? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, announcing the award for video game soundtrack. Um, and the- <laughs> it's just dumb and, like, harmless and silly. And that's why I love it. He's trying to say the words Assassin's Creed... Oh, no, I can't say it now. <laughs> Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Okay. Okay. And the Grammy goes to Assassin's Creed Valhalla. 
that's not the original video, uh, IGN, fuck you. But that is the original audio. So I think that's the funniest thing to ever happen. Um, and I have what, another one. Okay, I have another. Awkward. They did him dirty. <laughs> they did do him dirty. They should have prepped him on how to say Valhalla. They really should have. And why, if it's pronounced Valhalla, why did they abbreviate it? They didn't. That was the thing that IGN added in, was the note card. You idiot. Oh, I see. That's so fun. Oh, my God. No, wait. So it actually... It actually said Valhalla, and he said Valhalla. No. Oh, no. <laughs> and the only reason I really love this that clip so much is because it reminds me of my all-time favourite clip, which is the wickedly talented Adele Dazeem, Um, which I don't know if you've ever seen. I don't know. I don't think so. Okay, ready? There will always be a special place in my heart for the movie musical and for the songs that create their most memorable moments. Here to perform the Oscar-nominated, gorgeously empowering song, Let It Go, from the Oscar-winning animated movie, Frozen, please welcome the wickedly talented, one and only, Adele Dazim. Stop! That wasn't even close! Do you the not way- remember that? That was at, the, like, the 2013 Oscars. The 10 years ago. We- wow. Happy 10-year anniversary to Adele Dazim. The way that he said it with so much confidence, too. He was like, yeah, that's how you say it. Yeah. Well, I actually... Okay, so... You don't know how often in my life I I just... I go... I just pause everything and say, the wickedly talented (laughs) Adele Dazeem. It's just so fun to say. It rolls off the tongue. It's an absolute banger of a name. It is a banger of a name. I hope there's a 10-year-old somewhere named Adele Dazeem. They can be yours. They can be my yeah, okay, fine. Um have a child, yeah. <laughs> um so apparently the real reason is that he um John Travolta has like difficulties like with reading and stuff. Interesting. In which case so he just like gave it his best shot, which is great and all. Um but in which case again Prep them. Prep them. Yeah. It's the same as Valaha. Don't just send them up there. <laughs> Don't just send them up there. Be like <laughs> This is how you pronounce each of the names, especially Adina Menzel. Like, that's not a common name, you know? Particularly, like, unless the producers are like, yeah, we're setting this up so it can be a meme. Well, that's true. (laughs) Well, isn't that, like, so many theories about the Oscars slap was that it was just a marketing ploy? For a really, really long time, people thought that it was, like, um... Yeah, that it was all that it was scripted, and I think same with the 2009 VMAs. Um, people thought at the beginning, or at least um, I saw Taylor Lautner recently on a podcast say that yeah. thought when Kanye came up, it was scripted, which is why yeah. he didn't say anything. Um, which is also interesting. That is interesting, but the look on Taylor Swift's face, I think, says it all. Well, I, I don't know if you've he- actually seen the clip, but anyway. Well, that's what he said. He was like, as soon as she turned around and I actually saw her face, that's when I realized that she was like genuinely upset about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. But still. Well, yeah. So I think my favorite genre of live TV fails is when it's not the presenter's fault. Yeah. It's the producer's fault for not preparing them properly. Fair. Because then it's okay to laugh at. That's fair, because you're almost, like, laughing with them. You're not laughing at the presenter. You're laughing at the situation. Does that make sense? That's fair. No, that does make sense. Yeah, so that's why I love the first two. Understandable. Because they're just slip-ups, you know? (laughs) Um, I'm going to now try and play the um, the Oscars when they announced, when uh, Faye Dunaway and Warren Beatty announced uh, La La Land as Best Picture winner. That was so fucking funny. Because it's it falls into the cringe category hardcore. It does. Let's see if this works on CNN Entertainment. <laughs> I'm sorry. This, there's a mistake. Moonlight, you guys won Best Picture. <laughs> For Best Picture. Come on. Did they just not even look? 
oh, no. they were given the wrong. They were um, given the wrong envelope, right? That's right. They and were given had, the I best. I remember them saying best sound. Um, what? They were given the best sound design. Yeah, that's right. Because I, I remember them saying that they were confused because it had um, a lot of, like, extra names on there. And so then they just kind of, like, mm. made an assumption or something about it being La La Land. Well, that's why you can see Warren Beatty in that moment is confused. And Faye Dunaway is like, you're impossible. Why are you not reading it out loud? Yeah. Um, and then he fully throws her under the bus. Did, did you he? Did you see that moment? No. I'll try, I'll try and play it again in a sec. But if you watch closely, Warren Beatty, like, knows that it's wrong. And Faye Dunaway's like, why are you being difficult? And he, like, you can see the moment it clicks in his head to be like, I'll let her read it. Because <laughs> then it's her fuck up. I got it again. I'll try and play it again. I'll, okay, ready? Oh, it's it doesn't load very well from my end, so. Oh, okay, well, then that's no point. But yeah, yeah you can kind of see that. And I think that's deeply cruel and deeply hilarious honestly that whole situation is just so i mean so i think the thing about this is that it's kind of like the oscars have been going what's it what are we on like the 93rd or something oscars Mm, now something like that we're almost 100 years how does that happen how like how yeah can it be so disorganized to the point where someone announces the wrong best picture? Like that doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever. Yeah. It's embarrassing. It is embarrassing, but it's the, um, not the presenter's fault again, obviously, but it's actually the accounting firm is in charge of that, which sounds insane. I know. What? Yeah. So there's, there was an, an accounting firm that was long running the Oscars, um, go to for that. For probably most of the 100 years. Um, oh my God, did they get fired after this? Yeah, they did. Um, wow. It was an accounting error in a way that the accounting company was is in charge of making sure it's all being counted properly and then in the proper envelope, in the proper position on behind stage, right. all that stuff. Um, and for some reason, it got fucked up. The accountants fucked it up. Wow. <laughs> uh, and... It was just in the wrong envelope and the wrong part of stage. So they just, they, so from the Oscars point of view, they were like, this could be worse because yeah. we can just blame the accountants and fire them. Which That's they true. did. Yeah. Um, but the whole thing is still deeply wild. It really, really, really is. Again, for a lot of reasons, right? Because it's not just like it was a, Oh, haha, two seconds later, that was a mistake. It was like the cast was up there. Yeah. And someone had to come out and be like, I'm really yeah. sorry, this is a mistake. You all need to go back into your yeah. seat because a different film uh, won. Like, yeah. it's unhinged. And I mean, it's literally, I think it's been probably close to 10 years now. Um, mm. If not exactly 10 years. But um, looking back, it's pretty fucking funny. But... um. More importantly, looking back, I think everyone on that stage, <laughs> except Warren Beatty and Faye Dunaway, handled it extremely well. Oh, yeah, they did. Like they the did. La La Land director or writer or whoever being like, actually, guys, it was Moonlight. Yeah. Guys, come up here instead. It's fine. And then the Moonlight people being pretty humble and stuff. Like, I think it all... Yeah. They all handle themselves, like, it, it didn't tarnish their reputations, which is what no, I'm trying it, to say, I think. And it really, it could have, it absolutely could have been a lot worse, but I yeah. think it's just one of those, it's like, yeah, I don't know, I, I don't know. And I mean, maybe it's just because these things are only in, like, recent memory, but you kind of have to, look, maybe this is very conspiracy theory of me, but you kind Love of it. have to Let's conspiracy wonder. theory. Because you know the Oscars have been saying for ages that they're like, oh, we need to do something to get viewership up to mm-hmm. entice the younger generations. And then you mm-hmm. kind of look back on all the massive mistakes that have been made in the last 10 or so years. Yeah. And you kind of have to be a bit like, what's real and what isn't? <laughs> you yeah. Know? yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Do yeah. you, do you um, remember Jennifer Lawrence falling over at the Oscars? I do. Yes. This was... Okay, I need to set the stage. Set the scene, not the stage. That's triggering for her. I need to set the scene. 
the year is, again, I think 2013. Maybe that was just like the worst year of the Oscars ever. Well, no, the La La Land and Moonlight thing is 2016 because that's obviously, that's the year it came out. Okay, so three years before that is but when it could this have been scene is set. Yeah. <laughs> I think, what because Jennifer Lawrence won Best Actress for Silver Linings Playbook. I think that's what it was, yeah. And I think that was 2013. I think um, it was too. Because it was in between The Hunger Games and Catching Fire. Yeah. Because I remember I was in my hardcore Hunger Games Stan era. As um, you yeah, as if I ever left it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and... I remember on the press tour for Catching Fire, like, Josh Hutchison and Liam Hemsworth were, like, poking fun at her the whole time mm. about being an Oscar winner and all that. That's right. Um, no, okay, so to set the scene, I was a hardcore Hunger Games stan. <laughs> like, you guys have no idea. I don't know if I have any photos or anything, but my room was covered in posters really? and printed out Hunger Games paraphernalia. I oh still God. have, if you wait literally one second, talk to the audience. Uh, okay, I will talk to the audience. And while Nick's here, I'm going to take the opportunity to absolutely slander him because I knew that he was like a hardcore fanboy team. What you say? But this is unhinged. What you say? <laughs> I'm not telling you. You'll just have to listen back. Rude. <laughs> I have my... Still, I mm-hmm. still have my Mockingjay pin. Iconic! <laughs> I still have my Catching Fire pin. Wow. And I still have my Mockingjay pin. You just said that. No, I said Catching Fire. You said Mockingjay and then Catching Fire. Uh, no, the Mockingjay book, like the third book. The right. Mockingjay part one and two, Mockingjay. <laughs> so I have the Hunger Games Mockingjay... <laughs> The Catching Fire Mockingjay and the Mockingjay Mockingjay, okay? Wow. Good on you. And that's, like, literally one-tenth of... Not even, not even. That's, like, a one one point fifth. I don't know how to say that. Um, percentage of the amount of stuff I have that's Hunger Games related. Anyway. Wow. This was in my hardcore stand era when I was in the closet and in denial. <laughs> so it all makes sense. Well, no, so... Oh, in my fuck. what? I just realized I was supposed to bring Nigel and Jack up here. Well, we can finish after this. Okay. In um, <laughs> I was in denial in the closet, all that stuff, mm-hmm. and in my pea brain, teen brain, or preteen brain, I guess. Um, I was like, no one will question my sexuality. Obviously. Let me finish. <laughs> <laughs> no one will question my sexuality. If I just have, like, an obsession with, like, Jennifer Lawrence. Hmm. And make her, like, my celebrity crush and, like, (laughs) maybe a massive stand for her. Mm. So I was, like, it was, like, all the Hunger Games, all Jennifer Lawrence. And literally, I kid you not, that happened on, like, a Monday at, like, 11 or whatever, and I had people, like, messaging me, <laughs> being like, are you okay? Oh my god, that's so funny! <laughs> I was like, guys, I'm not the one who fell down on my way to collect the Best Actress Oscar. That's so funny, oh my god. But I think that gives a good idea of how obsessed I was that people thought that I would be... Upset. You know? <laughs> That's so funny. Oh, my God. That gives you an idea. Wow. Um, uh, if I do have photos, I'll insert them now of my room, but I don't I don't know if I do. Anyway. That's so unhinged. I had full Facebook Facebook fan pages. Oh, my God. Everything. I, I mean, look, I don't really know which of our experiences are more, like, normal slash average, in which I absolutely had no obsessions when I was a teen. Well, young child. Can't relate. Um... Which was, I think, a combination both of my farm upbringing, but also of the teeny tiny school that I went to, which was not on a farm, but was still teeny tiny. So everyone was just like all had the same interests, which were nothing. Mm. Um, (laughs) So, uh, yeah, I don't really know which of us is more normal in this situation, but I I think we do know. (laughs) I think we do know. And it's not I'm not the normal one in this situation. (laughs) 
maybe, maybe. But I'm at peace with that, and that's okay. <laughs> You'll still be my best friend. <laughs> um. Yeah. That was some award show moments that really grind my gears. Um. Mm. What? Uh, the other really iconic one that I think has kind of like I, I, I was very impressed with the Oscars this year was when they um was when Parasite won Best Picture. Yeah, I think that was twenty eighteen. Um, Why? What happened? Well, I just it just in general, I was just impressed that that film won that oh. award. You mean the correct film won? I follow. Yeah, well, not just the correct film, but also not like one that's not in a the foreign English film, yeah. language, um, that has no white actors, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I just thought that that was like actually very impressive of the Oscars that year. Um, yeah, I think um, we're not talking about those kind of moments that are good. We're talking about flops. We are talking about the moments that you know, stick in our brains from the Oscars. The other, also, let's also just talk about what did they do in 2020? What do you did mean? they have an award ceremony? Or was it online? Um, I think it was an online... Maybe it wasn't an online one. I think it was... I don't know, I'll Google it. Do you... No, it, no, it was before the pandemic. 2020 was before the pandemic. Really? Yeah. yeah. Whack. And then, and then it, then that was Parasite. Stop. Was it really? And then, um, the pandemic hit like a few weeks later. Wow. Hashtag just girly things. Um, <laughs> and then uh, the year after it had settled enough that they could have a intimate ceremony with just the essentials in LA, which is bullshit, but you know what I mean? I the do. Oscars was like, uh, they held off like an extra two months, which is why this year it's in the Oscars now are like a month later in general than they used to be. Interesting. Anyway. Well, let's just you- move on from the Oscars for a second and go to other award shows. Um, specifically, I'm thinking the Emmys and the Grammys, right? Because I think you brought an, up an interesting point when you said when the right film actually won. <laughs> yeah. So, like, I mean, if we think about the judging panel for the Oscars, it's typically, um, they, they're like, they have to be, like, accredited reviewers, right? And most of which are obviously all old white men. Um, but I, it's always really interesting, the, 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 the discourse that surrounds the Grammys and the Emmys, because, at least in my opinion, in particularly in recent years, mm-hmm. there has been a lot of increasing accusations that the that the like sentiment. Yeah. Yes, but accusations, I guess that that the people you're talking who win, literal accusations. Yeah, that the people who win don't win based on merit. They based they win because like the production company or whomever um, has bribed. Okay, I follow. You're talking about the less prestigious ceremonies being prone to bribing and shenanigans and tomfoolery. Not less prestigious, because I would say the Emmys are pretty... Like, that's the top tier for TV shows, but that's the one that I've seen in the last... Yeah, no, the award itself is prestigious. The awards ceremony. Right, yes. It's chill, laid back, they eat and drink, they they do jokes on stage, they fuck around... That kind of thing. Yeah, I see. Same with the Golden Globes. Uh, it's the Grammys and the Oscars are like the haughty, haughty, uptight. Yes. No, yeah. no fucking round ones. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. So like, um, some of my like my favorite Oscar uh, Emmys moment of all time, it might have been Golden Globes even. It's when that one year, uh, probably 10, 12 years ago, the um. They were doing the TV comedy best actress nominations, mm. and it was like. Amy Poehler and um, Melissa McCarthy and stuff like that. And all of the Best Actress nominees, as they were announced, unknown to the to the um, Emmys or the presenters or anything, each time 
they announced the next nominee, they would come up on stage and hold hands like it was a beauty pageant. Iconic. And it's like, it's one of the best, like, funniest award show moments of all time. I actually um, think I might have seen a TikTok of this recently. <laughs> I, I'll send it. I'll insert it if I remember here. Um, but it's moments like those that make awards ceremonies fun to watch, not the dramatic slaps and falls and wrong and wrong uh announcement wrong winner announcements and stuff does that make sense it does i also think it's really interesting that any of these award shows feel the need to be televised like i understand that it's a celebrity thing but also i don't really understand because if we think about like I don't know, like, are the Nobel Prizes televised? I, that's genuinely, I don't know. Like, are the Pulitzer Prizes, I don't think, are also televised? Um, they're probably all, like, live-streamed or something. They, I mean, they must be in some capacity, but they're not, like, people don't watch them, right? Mm. Um, they just, they want to know who wins, and the awards are still held in an extremely high regard, but they're not supposed to be these, like, pop culture moments. Yeah. Like, the Oscars and the Grammys have all made themselves out to be... Yeah. It must be a marketing thing, right? Because I know when the Oscars, like... um, Do you think? Like, I'm going to interrupt, and I'm going to say, I don't think it is even a marketing thing. I think it's an ego thing. It could be. I, I, sorry, I didn't mean marketing. I actually meant a sponsorship sponsorship thing, but it could be. I mean, it could be an ego thing. It could be a sponsorship thing. Um... Because I'm thinking, because you know how, like, the celebrities all get swag bags full of, like, hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of product from brands? Yeah. So it could be uh, the brands are like, yeah, sure, I'll put product in. Can you guarantee this amount of viewers? But even that, people don't know what goes in the swag bag. So it doesn't really make, like, like those those people aren't necessarily getting yeah. an ROI. So I don't, I don't know. It doesn't really make any sense to me. And I Whoa. think that what makes the them so like stuffy and it's what maybe makes people don't like them is that they're now being considered as this thing that's supposed to be entertainment where it's like, no, these are just awards for people who are outstanding in their careers. That's that. Interesting. I think it's probably more to do with the fact that, um, the closest thing you could probably compare them to technically is like the Super Bowl. So the Super Bowl guarantees an insane amount of viewers. So ad ad spots in the breaks right. cost twenty million dollars. Yeah, yes. For fifteen seconds. Yeah. Um and it used to be similar to that with the Oscars and the Grammys and the yeah. all of that, you know? Yeah. Um and I think it's slowly gone down. And I don't know if that as viewership goes down, I don't know if they're gonna like change. I like I don't know if the Grammys are more relaxed now. Uh, the Emmys are more relaxed now because the viewership's down, so the sponsors aren't as uptight, kind of thing. Interesting. Or what? Interesting. Um, Interesting. but I think it's mostly to do with the ad breaks. It's pretty much always to do with ad breaks in these sense. these types of things. Um, which is interesting. I don't know. Yeah, I think. I mean, even if you think about, um, I I don't know if I made this up or if it's true or not, but I feel like I remember the Oscars or some representative of the Oscars even saying that they, by, that they were nominating like Marvel action films a few years ago to try and like entice younger audiences um, into watching. And I, and I'm kind of like, okay, well now you're, do I think that there are some Marvel movies or horror movies that should be, Mm nominated sure yeah. there are some wakanda forever absolutely immediately comes to mind mm. um do i think that you should be then like blaming us no i was gonna say like um um threatening the integrity of the award shows just for views like right i don't know just the whole thing is just so weird it's just so weird and it absolutely does make people as viewers go I don't even trust these. Like that best that best picture didn't deserve to win. Something else mm. that wasn't even nominated should have won. I'm not going to watch these shows. Like I think they've almost contributed to their own demise in like focusing on sponsorship and focusing on the wrong things to bring younger audiences in. All that's yeah. done is made people go, I don't trust you, so I don't want to watch you. Yeah. You know? Not no. I do agree with that to a pretty high degree. Um, and I think actually it was highlighted this year with the um, nominations process, the um, 
Yeah. Do you know about the Andrea Risebreast stuff for Two Leslie? No. Very quick rundown. Basically, uh, Two Leslie is this indie film. You say indie, but it's got like literally like I think like Alice and Jenny and shit in it, and Andrea Risebreast, who is a well-known actress. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, it had not been really nominated for any awards leading up to the award season or at the uh, the first half of the award season. Um, and then, essentially, Andrea Riseborough and the production company were like, hey, let's try and do a grassroots push um, to get me a nomination to promote the film, all this stuff. Um, and essentially, she called up all of her Hollywood friends that she knew. I'm talking the most famous people you can think of. Like, uh all of the Gwyneth Paltrow's and the Jennifer Aniston's and, like, literally, the, the most famous people you can think of, I guarantee, made a post about To Leslie. So, basically, on the same day, all of these massive celebrities were shown or given access to a copy of To Leslie. So, then the next day, everyone was, like, putting tweets out and Instagram stories and Instagram posts mm. being, like, um... Andrea Riseborough's performance in To Leslie is the best performance of our generation. It's the best performance you'll ever see recorded on film. All this stuff. Interesting. And it's crazy the amount of celebrities, white celebrities, to be clear, um, that came out and went on these big rants about how if To Leslie's not nominated for a Best Actress nomination, then it's a the Oscars is a joke kind of thing. Interesting. They went fucking hard for this film. Um, Interesting. Even to the point where Kate Blanchett won, I think, a Critics' Choice Award for Best Actress over Michelle Yeoh. So Kate Blanchett won for Tar. And in the fucking acceptance speech, she name-dropped to Leslie and Andrea Riseborough and said she should be winning. Interesting. When I tell you I was pissed... So, essentially, it caused all of this drama on social media because it actually did violate the Academy's rules on how campaigning can work. Mm. So, basically, if a person is able to vote on the Oscars, they're not allowed to promote an actor or a film. And all these massive actors who do get to vote for the Oscars... Do they? Yeah, that's like a, they get, like, invited to the panel and shit. But, um... All of these massive names who are... It's like a panel of hundreds. It's not... Yeah. But um, there were uh, like actors on that who were posting about it being like, everyone needs to nominate to Leslie. It's the best fucking whatever, whatever. Um, and the Oscars had to hold an uh, emergency meeting with all of their organisers to determine whether or not Andrea Riseborough and to Leslie violated the rules of the nominations process. And they found that they did. They did break the rules, but by that point, Andrea Riseborough had already been nominated for the Oscar, and they didn't want to take it off her. So she's still nominated. She officially broke the rules. Well, actually, it's there's a good chance she will win, because so far, all of the critics and all of the nominee uh, voters are split pretty evenly between Michelle Yeoh and Kate Blanchett for the win. But she shouldn't be allowed to win because she broke the rules. So I understand not wanting to take the nomination away from her, but she should not be allowed to win. Well, then why would her nomination stay? I guess that's true. If her nomination's on the board, people can vote for her, so they're not going to be able to control that. Basically, what people are saying is if Michelle and Kate's votes are equally split, Mm. then there's a pretty good chance that the Andrea Riseborough vote will take up the majority because it'll be the... It won't can- they cancel each other out kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so it's this massive thing. Not only that, um, before this Andrea Riseborough random grassroots campaign started, like literally like a week before nominations, um, the people that were like going to get nominations were um, Viola Davis for The Woman King and uh, Danielle Deadweiler for Till, mm. uh, who are two black women. And they were, they were kind of the two that were vying for the last spot in the nominations thing. Two Leslie comes in the week before and kicks out the only two people of colour. Wow. Oh, no, that's not true. The only two black women who were nominated, who were had a chance of being nominated and took the spot. Wow. So it's like a whole thing. It's really nuanced. I don't know what's right and wrong about it, but 
it's a whole thing. It sounds um, pretty wrong to me. <laughs> the actual, yes, the actual process definitely is wrong and fucked up. Um, but yeah, I don't know. So I think I, I, I'm saying all this because it ties back into you talking about their, them kind of losing their gravitas and integrity yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and I do agree. And I think that every year that goes by, something happens to further that, um, mm. which is really interesting. It is really, it, they're definitely shooting themselves in the foot pretty consistently. Yeah. And also, I'm going to riot if Michelle Yeoh doesn't win for Best Actress. That's fair. Like, actually, I'm going to go off. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. I really want Angela Bassett to win Supporting Actress. I think she will. I hope she does. She's won every single other awards. Basically, the way they tally it, they do it, is by um all of the Critics' Choice and SAG-AFTRA and all of that, all the awards before the Oscars. Angela Bassett's won all of the best supporting actress ones, except, uh, what was it? I think it was Critic, uh, it was one of them, like, last week, which Jamie Lee <laughs> Curtis won for, Sorry. Jamie Lee Curtis won the best supporting actress for everything ever all at once instead, which She can have that. A little bit weird to me. But, um, yeah. Well, so she chances, wasn't in it for very long, right? N- no. Um, and I think the chances of Angela Bassett winning best supporting actress are very, very high. Um... And apparently Michelle Yeoh is in the lead for Best Actress, but... Good. All right. We have to wrap up because I've got to go. Yeah. My What the Fuck of the Week this week is how excited I am for our next episode of the podcast. (laughs) Yes. No spoilers, but it's going to be iconic. (laughs) I think spoilers. I don't give a fuck. The next episode is going to be the what the fuck, the second annual what the fuck is happening, the awards show. It is. And let me just say, this is going to be an actual democracy and we are going to absolutely be arguing for the best film in each category. We changed Um, it up from last year's methods. We have changed it up from last year's. And my what the fuck is going to piggyback on from this because I'm already talking about it and it's going to be absolutely award shows should just let us decide who wins in the category. Me and you? Yeah, me and you. Yeah. (laughs) I fully agree. Fuck them grassroots campaigns. Fuck them professionals. We know what we're talking about and that's all that matters. (laughs) Very that. Very that. Okay. Oh, goodness. Okay. Um, If you want to follow us, all the links down below, as yes. usual, WTFIH podcast on pretty much everything. Yep. Um, thank you so much for listening. Yay! Thanks for listening to what the fuck is happening. What's happening, the podcast! Bye! Bye. <laughs>